Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Where in the closing pages of the Acts of the Apostles we find Paul in Caesarea waiting to go to Rome to face trial before Caesar. And yesterday we heard how he was before Festus and the king, still persisting in his argument about the resurrection of the dead, proving Jesus to be alive. And we've taken several weeks to go through the Acts of the Apostles, but we've been galloping through these final chapters. And that's because they're mainly narrative about the various trials that Paul underwent and then the details of the journey to Rome. And... um, how Paul warns of the disaster of the shipwreck. Uh, Why? Because he's listening to the Holy Spirit. He's been guided by the Holy Spirit. They take no notice of him. Um, The storm arises, and it must have been a horrendous time because it went on for several days. Uh, But ultimately, the ship did founder. Uh, But again, Paul had this word from God that all the crew and all the other prisoners would be saved, their lives would be saved, so long as they stayed on board the ship and didn't try to save themselves. Oh, what a spiritual lesson there, that people that try to save themselves end in disaster. But if you stay aboard the Lordship, (laughs) then uh, you will be safe. So they found themselves on the island of Malta. So they're on the island of Malta. And of course, there a miracle happens this viper comes out of the fire, wraps it, itself around Paul's arm, and all the locals are waiting to see him fall down dead. Uh, he shook the snake off into the fire, but, you know, this uh, no, no, a viper like that, it's just a matter of time. He must be a murderer. He must be guilty. This is God's judgment. But, of course, he doesn't. Uh, and so then they think, well, he must be a god. It's amazing how people fluctuate uh, between these uh, between these things. So uh, then, of course, he's got some real street cred here in uh, Malta. And so uh, the it says in chapter twenty eight, verse seven, the chief official of the island, Publius owned a nearby estate and welcomed us to his home where he extended hospitality to us for three days. His father was sick with fever and dysentery. So Paul went to pray for him. He laid his hands on him and healed him. Other sick people on the island then came and they also were healed. They truly honored us and gave us all the supplies we needed when we were ready to sail. So uh, not only was Paul's life spared, you know, the snake could not harm him because he was under the Lord's protection. But then he is able to fulfill this healing ministry. So they winter on the island and eventually arrive at Rome, where Paul was placed under house arrest with only a single soldier to guard him. Now, what did Paul do? Because he was going to spend a prolonged time, uh, two years, under house arrest. What happened to him afterward is a matter of controversy, but we'll we'll stick with what we read about in Acts, first of all. Um, Three days after his arrival, Paul called the Jewish leaders together. Now, it's very interesting what happens with them. 
Uh, he says to them, my brothers, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans, even though I was not guilty of any offense against our people or the customs of our forefathers. After examining me, they wanted to release me as I did not deserve the death penalty. When the Jewish leaders objected, I was forced to appeal to Caesar, although I had no intention of pressing charges against my own people. This is why I wanted to see you and to talk with you. I am bound with these chains because of my faith in the hope of Israel, the Messiah. Now, these leaders of the Jewish community in Rome, they reply, we have not received any letters about you from Judea, and none of the brothers who has come from there has reported anything bad about you. But we want to hear for ourselves what you believe, for we are aware that everywhere people are denouncing these Christians. So actually they hadn't heard anything bad about Paul, which was good. So Paul has a meeting with an even greater number of Jews who came where he was staying, and he explained, it says, he explained the kingdom of God to them from morning until evening. You see, the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom of God. It's not the gospel of the church. Uh, Jesus told the uh, disciples to go and preach the gospel of the kingdom and to perform the works of the kingdom, and he, Jesus, would build the church. So he... Um, speaks to them about the kingdom, trying to persuade them from the law of Moses and from the prophets that Jesus is the Messiah. He appeals to their own scriptures with which they are familiar. Some Bible study. Absolutely. He convinced some, but others refused to believe. So they disagreed among themselves and left after Paul's final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to our forefathers when he spoke through the prophet Isaiah. Go to these people and tell them, you will forever hear but never understand. You will always be looking but never perceiving. For the hearts of these people have become hardened. They cannot hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes to the truth. If this was not the case, they would be able to see with their eyes, hear with their ears and understand with their hearts. Then they would turn to me in repentance and I would heal him. And of course, that veil of of uh, lack of understanding still exists over the vast majority of the Jewish people, but will in turn be lifted. Perhaps we're just beginning to see the first signs of that happening as there are more and more messianic believers now than there have ever been in the history of the church. So we are seeing a move of God just beginning among the Jewish people. Um, but Paul continues, therefore, I want you to understand that salvation has been sent to those who will listen, the Gentiles. Way, that's always the thing that really riles the Jews. At this, the Jews departed, arguing and disputing among themselves. Then Paul lived in his own rented house for two years, welcoming all who came to him. He preached about the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ boldly and without hindrance. He was still under some kind of house arrest. Now, it's a matter of, of um, fairly well-authorized tradition that Paul was eventually martyred in Rome. It is suggested by some that Paul could have been released, that nothing um, was proved against him, and that he went off for a couple of years and visited places like Ephesus and Corinth and was eventually... Um, rearrested and returned to Rome and that was the time of his martyrdom. But we don't really know. But none of that can be authenticated. It's really just um, surmising that that is what could have happened. I think it's very difficult to argue from silence, isn't it? 
But what we do know is that ultimately Paul did give his life for the sake of the gospel. He wrote many letters from Rome, didn't he? He wrote several, during these two years that he was there, he wrote several of his letters to the other churches encouraging them. Um, but I think the important thing for us to focus on at the end of this study of the Acts of the Apostles is that right to the very end, he was preaching the kingdom of God. That was always the subject of Jesus' preaching. It was the subject of the apostles' teaching. Uh, because ultimately, you see, what we as those who are Christians, those who belong to the Church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, what we are called to do is to live the life of the kingdom here on earth. Jesus taught us to pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, we are called to give a demonstration of really the life of God's heavenly kingdom here on earth. Now, if only the church would focus on doing that, preaching and living the life of God's kingdom, instead of the kind of church politics and arguments and divisions and all kinds of controversies that people get involved in, then, of course, the purpose of God would progress far more rapidly than is the case. When we substitute our own ideas of what to do for God's command, which was to go and preach the gospel to all nations, and the gospel is the gospel of God's kingdom. When we do things God's way, things always work out, and the church prospers. When we do things our way, then, well, things don't work out, and the church does not progress, and we do not see the harvest of souls being won for the kingdom of God. So I think this is a very salutary lesson and interesting that God ensured that for two years Paul was um, free, really, to preach in the way that he did. And we know from elsewhere in the scriptures that the whole of the Praetorian Guard that was, was guarding him, the, the whole of the... the, um, the the soldiers that were closest to the emperor, they all heard the gospel. You can imagine, you know, uh, different soldiers being on duty at different times because Paul was under house arrest, even though he was allowed to rent his own accommodation. And you can imagine all these soldiers coming under the sound of the gospel and some of them being converted, certainly, and the word spreading amongst the whole of the guard. Um, wonderful how God arranged for Paul to get to the very heart of influence in the headquarters of the whole empire. And yet, as we were seeing earlier this week, his friends tried to dissuade him from going to Jerusalem because he knew that suffering and imprisonment awaited him. Yet Paul knew that it was right to go there. And it was only once he got there that God said to him, now, my purpose is for you to go to Rome. It seemed a tortuous way of getting him to Rome. But you see, if he'd just gone to Rome under his own um, steam, as it were, he would not have had the influence with the Roman soldiers right at the heart of the authority of the empire. So it's always best to do things God's way. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 